0: This is ContraZoom, a Live in Limbo production. This is ContraZoom, where we go back and forth about film. I'm Dakota Arsenault, and this is part two of our Oscar prediction mega episodes. Uh, On the first episode, (laughs) went through half the categories, and now we're going through the remaining half. Like on the first episode, I am once again joined by Mahek Saeed, who uh, sees a ton of these movies at TIFF, and we're going to be talking about maybe some ones that she had seen there, Uh, and she's back giving all of her great, insightful opinions. So thank you for coming back again.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Well, I say we just dive right back into this. Uh, You can check out liveandlimbo.com. I'm going to link in the show notes for part one if you happen to miss it. Um, But here we are. We're going to start with best supporting actress. So now we're getting to some of the more juicy categories. Uh, Why don't you Mm -hmm. lead us off, which we're going to do in this is we're going to talk about who we think should win, who we think will win, and who was snubbed. And as I said in the last episode, uh, for as far as the snubs go, if you have you know, one, you say, I think this person should be here and this person should be out, make that switch. If you just say, hey, I wish they were considered and were in it and it was a race of six people, that is perfectly fine as well. So who do you have for best supporting actress?
1: So for who I think should win and who will win, I have selected Allison Janney for her work and I, Tanya. Uh, so I was at the world premiere of I, Tonya, uh, back in September when it, uh, it, you know, it premiered at TIFF and, you know, anytime, generally speaking in festival screenings, there's always, it's a very specific environment. And I think a lot of the time, you know, you'll see films and you kind of jump onto the hype. And then, you know, when you're outside of the festival bubble, you have to take a step back and kind of reevaluate things. So just going back to that first experience of seeing the film, you know, in that theater, uh, First and foremost, it was super buzzy. Everyone was really excited. It was, it's a huge project, you know, that Margot Robbie's been working on. I think, um, I think her team um, co-produced the film, or like their, you know, their her production company is on there. And uh, it was one of the bigger acquisitions at TIFF, so people were really excited to see it uh, before it actually got acquired. And during the film itself, you know, it had a huge reaction. It was very tangible in that audience. But the biggest reactions of all came. From Allison Janney's performance. And, you know, I think this is, we've seen her in so many different roles over the years. And I think we know her as like, as a very good comedian in many instances, but in this film, and the film as a whole does this really well, but her role specifically is perfect for the kind of dark comedy element of the story. And, you know, she's got this like quirky Quirk to her, like quirkiness to her, and she's got this parrot that sits on her shoulder, and you know the 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 jokes that come from her character and her you know in the film are delivered at the at the right moments, um, and they're delivered so exceptionally well by Alison Janney. I think it's one of her more most transformative uh, performances, and you know after that screening, the cast came out. Alison Janney had by far the loudest reaction. I can still hear those screams till now and i watched itonia in a theater a couple weeks ago again it was a friday night it was a pretty packed house and It was good to see outside of that festival bubble theater experience that it does extend, and it definitely her her performance definitely had the biggest reactions in a regular theater as well. So that was super cool to see. Um, She's been winning all the awards this season. I can't see her not winning for best supporting actress at this point. In terms of snubs, uh, two performances that really stood out to me this last year. Um, one came from Holly Hunter in the Big Six. So she plays um the one of the main characters' mother uh, in the film, which is based on uh, Emily Gordon and Kumal Nanjiani's uh, true love story. And I think, you know that that screenplay, it's very there's a lot of charm to it. I have some issues with it. Um, but I, I, I there's there's a lot of like really sweet and kind of charming moments. And Holly Hunter, you know, her character and her performance, it just, it really takes you through the experience of familial love, right? And that, especially a mother's love. And it starts off being like, really, you know, kind of aggressive towards Kumail's character. But you kind of see this relationship form over the course of the film. And, you know, her her sort of defensiveness of Kumail's character, as you know, as they kind of bond and they, you know, they become closer as family, um, is really endearing. And there's this one standout scene of hers in a comedy club that she does, and it's it's truly tremendous. And I really wish she got more recognition for it. Another performance that I loved this year is from the film The Florida Project. So it's the second film directed by Sean Baker, who did Tangerine previously. Um, Florida Project is a movie. I think the people who have seen it really love that film and unfortunately it just it hasn't gained as much traction as it deserves it's definitely a movie to be seen in a theater um and the you know the one of the main one of the characters in that film is uh, a child um played by a very young actress named Brooklyn Prince um and she is incredible in that film and I sometimes I don't think we give enough credit to child actors and I you know I think the most recent kind of um Re- reference that I can you know, that I can go back to is Jacob Chombley in Room, and you know he kind of blew up after that. I think Brooklyn Prince is on a similar trajectory right now, but it was it's her performance is so key to the overall emotion and tone of that movie, and it just would have been so nice to have seen her get recognized even more though I think she did pick up a sag award, which is very cool
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah uh, i I'm gonna unfortunately not talk about her Brooklyn Prince. I, I really enjoyed her performance in, in the Florida project and, and she was probably be my second snub if I included one. Um, and I definitely think she's destined for greatness too. Uh, we differ only slightly for this category for who I think should win. I'm going to go with Lori Metcalf from Ladybird. Bird. Uh, I thought she gave mm-hmm. a really interesting nuanced performance with, Uh, a lot of different levels you know when we're introduced to her we, we think of her as one way and then as we see more of her we think of her differently and then at the very end we get a completely different glimpse of what she is and I think she really encapsulated what it means to be a parent trying their hardest, but knowing that they're not able to give their child everything that they want while still trying to raise them right. Uh, and I think it was a really mm-hmm. fascinating, beautiful performance that uh, I, I would be very happy if she won. Who I think will win is, uh, is Allison Janney. Like you said, you know, she really gives it her all. Uh, my favorite moments from her are when she's giving the, the video interviews and she's got the bird on her shoulder at one moment. the bird bird starts mm-hmm. pecking at her ear and she just turns her head very methodically and stares the bird down where i thought that bird was just going to die of a heart attack by how <laughs> terrifying of a look she gives that bird
1: And, like, Mm -hmm. that
0: alone is, like, Oscar-worthy to me, in my opinion. (laughs) Um, Yeah,
1: definitely.
0: (laughs) Everything you said about her performance, I kind of wish I would have seen it in a theater. It absolutely rings true. She gives it her all, plays, you know, sort of like what Laurie Metcalf does in Lady Bird, but kind of on steroids, Uh, and without the understanding that she wasn't as good of a mother as she thought she was. But she's also a Mm -hmm. woman who is trying her best for her child and isn't quite able to provide what she wants while still believing that she is doing the best she can and has no regrets about it.
1: Yeah, definitely. And you know what? I think like the it's so hard to pick between Allison Janney and Laurie Metcalf. Like I really did struggle over that one. And I think a lot of voters are going to as well, because they both give very beautiful performances, but they're the strength in each of them are like in the little details I find. Um, so like you mentioned, like, you know, with the scene of of uh, Allison Janney, she's staring down this bird and with Laurie Metcalf, there's definitely like an emotional kind of, you know, the the sense and the struggles of being a mother is is felt um, with her performance a little differently than what's felt with Alice and Janney. So mm-hmm. we'll see. I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Laurie Metcalf also wins. You know, it's definitely possible.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think it really can come down to either one of them. I think they're the only two that really stand a chance with, I think, the the slight edge going to Janney. But I could definitely see Laurie Metcalf pulling off the win. Uh, but who I think was mm-hmm. snubbed, I agree with you, Holly Hunter. Uh, I thought she was absolutely fantastic. I'm, I'm, I I'm, liked The Big Sick. I didn't love it. I had some issues with it. Mm-hmm. But Holly Hunter was, was far and away, you know, the best thing about this movie. And that's not to take anything away. Even if I said I love The Big Sick, that wouldn't change the fact that Holly Hunter is the best part of the movie. Uh, she does a fantastic mm-hmm. job. And, and, you know, as Holly Hunter does, because Holly Hunter is the best thing in everything.
1: Yeah, definitely, and you know I gotta say Ray Rom- Ray Romano was very good in that movie too.
0: Let's not jump ahead, because <laughs> All right, let's, we're gonna talk let's about on to the next. Topic. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna talk about supporting actor now. Uh, you were, okay. you know, shedding so much love onto Brooklyn Prince for the for Florida Project. Uh, Willem Dafoe, I think he should win. What a performance, you know. Willem Dafoe has has such a long career that he's basically done every type of role possible. You know, we've definitely seen him be the bad guy. We've seen him be scary. We've seen him be a creep and a perv and a jerk. And we've also seen him be kind of nice and intelligent and things like that. But I don't think we've ever seen him in quite a role like this where there's just compassion and love just oozes out of every pore of this character understanding the situation that he is in in the role that he plays in the lives of the people that stay at his motel like you could not have asked for a, a better suited actor to play that role like Everything he does is stunning. You know, I, I saw a funny little review on Letterbox where all the entire review of the movie was: uh, "My life was complete complete seeing Willem Dafoe beat up a pedophile."
1: <laughs> it's true. I mean that that performance is just so so beautiful, and it's. Yeah, there's just there's such a nurturing element to it that I, I really loved while I was watching that movie and it's great. I yeah. Anyway, continue. Please tell me who do you think will win? <laughs>
0: I, I think Sam Rockwell will win. He's picked up basically every single award along the way uh, and, and looks to be such a clear cut front runner for this thing that it seems impossible to lose. I think the only way Sam Rockwell loses is if he ends up splitting his vote with Woody Harrelson. If if it seems to be three billboards is raging ahead and, and winning lots of things, I can definitely see Harrelson splitting some votes. For those who haven't seen three mm-hmm. billboards, I don't want to give too much away plot point wise, but safe to say uh, Rockwell has a bigger part than Harrelson does. So that's why it seems like he is the, the clear cut front runner uh, for this. And mm-hmm. I, I think that's what will cause him to win if Harrelson splits the vote. Willem Dafoe I think will be there to snatch the award away but I think it's pretty much a foregone conclusion that Sam Rockwell who I normally love will win now as far as snubbing this category I think the only I have not seen all the money in the world yet so I cannot comment yet about that other than Dafoe Mm -hmm. I think this entire category is incorrect
1: really really okay I'm I'm very curious we're gonna start down. off
0: with Ray Romano. You brought him up. Ray Romano, I think, should be in here. <laughs> he carries the big sick as much as Holly Hunter does. I cherish every scene that he was in in that movie. Uh Three Billboards got two acting nominations in this category. Nah. Call me by your name should have two acting nominations in this category. Both Army Hammer and Michael Stuhlbarg give amazing performances. Mm-hmm. I know you could probably mm-hmm. argue Army Hammer is the lead, but you know with Timothy Chalamet getting the nomination, I think it's safe to say Army Hammer is the supporting actor, and Michael Stuhlbarg for that one scene at the end of the movie when absolutely gives the best speech I think a father can give a son that's conflicted about life, just blows mm-hmm. my mind. I think Michael Stuhlbarg had a career year this year he's in um the shape of water does a great job in that he has a small part in the post also great in that he starred in fargo season three Like I I love Michael Stuhlbarg. He's been one of my favorite little actors for a while now, and I think he really broke through big time with this and should have been in there. And then my last one is uh, is Jason Mitchell from Mudbound. I think he gave the performance in that movie and definitely should have been Mm -hmm. recognized uh, as the... The, the black soldier in this drama. Uh, you know, it's it's him and Garrett Hedlund are the two sort of, I guess, more main characters throughout the second half of the movie. And I think what Jason Mitchell does, you know, absolutely blew my mind and had me weeping for, for what he goes through in this movie. So other than mm-hmm. Willem Dafoe, completely wrong category. And if I wanted to include a six person because I think Defoe should be there Tracy Letts from, uh, from Lady Bird the father in that movie would be my sort of extra mm. snub
1: wow those are those are some really great picks and I'm definitely looking at this category very differently now
0: <laughs> <laughs> not to say that I didn't like Richard uh, Jenkins and I did I like Sam Rockwell as an actor I think he did a good job with what he was given but I don't like that movie so this is me hating on that movie yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's okay you know um I mean yeah okay I think you made some very valid points and I am looking at my who was snubbed pick a little bit like just slightly differently now as a <laughs> result of that <laughs> and uh so I I picked uh, similarly like who should win Willem Dafoe who will win Sam Rockwell um you know, I can't really add much more to what you've already said, Dakota, because I think you've summed it up very nicely, um, for the, who was snubbed. So I picked Army Hammer, but I don't know why I didn't pick Michael Stuhlbarg instead. Um, because that speech that scene at the end is so beautifully executed. Um, and you know, like I, like I kind of mentioned earlier, I think one of the strengths, of call me by your name is the quiet moments of the movie. And, it's this kind of intimacy between a father and a son and having probably the like you know one of the most direct kind of authentic conversations that the film has it was just, it, it was such, it, it just hit the mark so well. And that was probably, you know, the turning point for me. And when like, you know, my eyes started welling up and like, you know, I was like, no, I'm not going to cry. This is not going to happen. You know, that was definitely the point. Um, so I would, I, I would like to switch. I mean, Army Hammer did an incredible job in that film. I think it's one of his best performances. Um, but I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't have expected him, even if he was nominated, I wouldn't have expected him to win in this category. To be completely honest, um, I think that you know Timothy Chalamet. We'll talk about him later, but he was definitely the stronger one. And you know, now that I'm thinking back to that one scene with Joel Stuhlberg, I think I would have loved to have seen him in this in place of uh, someone else.
0: <laughs> yeah, I find I find a lot of the time the supporting winners are usually. Basically, leads that they just had to go into a different category. And I think Sam Rockwell sort of mm-hmm. falls into that category where he's basically the lead actor to Francis McDermott in, in Three Billboards and Army Hammer. Is basically a lead actor and call me by your name. I think Stuhlbarg sort of really epitomizes where when you're on screen, make your moments count, make your character count. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think it really does. It. And apart from that fantastic final speech that he gives, I think every moment that he's on screen, you just kind of be like, oh man, I wish that was my dad. Like he just seems so warm, yeah. and loving, <laughs> and funny, and smart, and intelligent. And, and it's just like everything that you kind of want from like a character like this. I think Stuhlbarg really delivers.
1: Mm-hmm, definitely. Oh, uh, I'm looking at this category so different now. Thank you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I'm glad to hear that. Uh, I want to hear yeah. your thoughts on uh, on production design.
1: Yeah, so <laughs> um, again, I don't know why I why I've kind of leaned towards the pick that I that I made. Um, given that I haven't seen it, but I said for who should win, it should be Blade Runner 2049. Um, and again, I think this is just, this is just something that I've kind of seen through the trailers and, you know, some of the, some of the stills that have been used in promotional materials and some of the conversations I've had with people as well. Um, it just seems like there are a lot of intricacies that go into building, you know, a, a world, a dystopian sort of futuristic realm like that. And, um, you know even the, I'm just thinking back to the trailer and this kind of like this like I don't know if this is how it actually plays out in the film but the sort of like you know when you when Ryan Gosling finds Harrison Ford's character and it's like this kind of like dusty sand like I don't know there was just something that like kind of screamed to me about that um, that's really beautiful production work and it just the the color scheming and the actual like the physical work of the sets and everything um it, it seems like there there's probably some space for it to win or it should have won or should win. I don't know, right? We'll see what happens. But in any case, who I think will win, um, I'm going with The Shape of Water. And I think part of why I picked this film is uh, I saw it at TIFF and I, I saw, um, you know, Del Toro came out and, and spoke right afterwards. And that was one of the best Q&As I've ever attended, period. Um, and I think, you know, is, it's not only because of the passion that he has for this film, he says it's the best film he's ever made. Um, but knowing, knowing the amount of work that went into the production design of the sets, there's a lot of, there are a lot of like clean shots in there. And like, you know, the, the work of the the, the lab um, uh, that was built where the creature is housed is super cool. I loved, you know, the, what they built for Richard Jenkins character in that studio. And, I I just feel like, you know, the combination of the production design and the fact that like 90% of what he did in this film is uh, real effects. It just, it kind of blows my mind um, because it adds so much to the actual story. So I I do think that that kind of shines through and that's why The Shape of Water will win. Um, In terms of who was snubbed, uh, this is a movie that kind of, it came out. And, you know, it had a lot of mixed reviews, but people still thought it was going to go for the gold. And it just it's kind of disappeared off the map. Um, And that is downsizing. Uh, There are quite a few problems with the film. But I I think the, you know, the, the concept of, you know, making things smaller and kind of presenting that on the big screen and, you know, creating worlds around People who have essentially been shrunk, like *Honey, I Shrunk the Kids*, um, there's there's a lot of finesse and technique to that, and you actually felt you felt what the world would be like when things become small or when people become small, um, which is part uh, partially to do with the visual effects, but it's also partially to do with the production design as well. Um, so it would have been cool. It would have been cool to see um, that aspect of. A pretty problematic film or you know has a lot of problems I don't know that's debatable but it would have been cool to see uh that recognized for for the film
0: yeah I I think uh I think you're right I haven't seen downsizing yet but from what I saw uh it definitely seemed like it was a really interesting production design um it's funny I have your picks open because you sent them to me so every time your Blade Runner picks come up. I can't help but laugh a little <laughs> bit since you've said that you haven't seen it yet. I'm like, what is she thinking? Yeah, I get it. I get it. I get it. Uh, but
1: I, I don't know. I I just I, I place a lot of faith in Denis Villeneuve. Like you know, like I just I feel like he did a great job. So I'm like, yes, you go, you go, Denis. But that, that, you you tell me. Dakota.
0: (laughs) That man gets a blank check of $15 for every time a movie of his comes out. I don't care who's in it, what's it about. I will see anything (laughs) that man does because he is just absolutely stunning. And a movie like Blade Mm -hmm. Runner, I think definitely has its flaws. You haven't seen it yet. uh, But it definitely has some flaws. and And I totally understand it. But someone so committed to being original and thought provoking and putting so much energy and effort in, into creating something is just so admirable that I, I love him even more for it. Um, and I definitely think that Blade Runner should win production design. You know, I talked about in the last episode <laughs> with the visual effects in the Vegas sequence. I think that was really fascinating. There's uh, a scene at this, Orphanage where they like salvage scrap metal or something that's really desolate and gray and dark and scary and he does a fantastic job with that. It's like this movie is all over the spectrum for for what it is doing with its sets and I think it does a really great job with that. Uh, I also think it will win. You know this might be the the only award that it actually ends up winning. Uh, but you know listening to what you said about Shape of Water, I can't help but you know almost want to change my opinion. Because because the shape of water is great for many reasons. I think it's look and feel is probably the reason why the the best reason about it. Um, everything is kind of soaked in this nuclear green color and and every all the sets that's built and the the apartment that is above the Elgin theater uh, has this real lived in worn quality that I think, Someone that only pays attention to detail as much as Del Toro does would take that time and effort to make sure that his sets look like that and could definitely be be a winner. So I, really, it can go either way for me. Uh, but as of right now, I'm saying we'll win Blade Runner. And then lastly, who I think was ah. snubbed was, uh, was Phantom Thread. You know, I adored this movie. Um, I think the... Much like, you know, this film, this movie was also shot on film like Dunkirk, so it has a really interesting look and feel to it. And I think uh, Paul Thomas Anderson really kind of takes that into effect of what his camera is able to capture and everything has a really nice look and feel to it and this is a movie about beautiful dresses so of course there are beautiful dresses which I think just adds to the production design itself uh, where where I think it was was really stunning to see everything sort of come together it's a lot more subtle and nuanced than uh, most of the other uh, nominees in this category so I think that's what sort of hurts it but I would swap it out for Darkest Hour, in, in my opinion. Uh, I wasn't crazy mm-hmm. high about Beauty and the Beast, but I understand why it's there. Okay.
1: Cool. Well, it's nice to know that I'm kind of online there with Blade Runner 2049, even though my reasons are totally different than yours are. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I, I think that, you know, I talked about in the last episode, this is the type of, of movie where as far as these categories, you can tell just by looking at still photos of what goes into it and and seeing if it's a worthy film of its nomination or or a win. Um, at, It'll be like at the Oscars when they'll show clips for it. They might show drawings and and things like that where you'll definitely sort of see all the work that went into Blade Runner, much like Shape of Water, where I think those two are the real uh, heads above the rest of them.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, let's talk about, uh, original song. Uh, I will lead off. Uh, I, I think should win is the mystery of love from call me by your name. It's a really beautiful, delicate, uh, folk song by Suvian Stevens, uh, for people who aren't really aware, you know, he's a big indie artist, uh, and he does the, closing song to this movie right after you've been emotionally devastated. Basically everything that you're feeling he sings about and it's just a close up of Timothy Chalamet's face and you're just there in the same headspace he is and the tears just come down your face. Uh, I'm sure you probably have some thoughts about that too. Who I think Mm -hmm. will win. You know, this original song is probably along with, um, uh, live action, uh, short is probably the toughest to predict because you never know what the academy is going to go for. Is it going to go for the song that has the message? Is it going to go for the musical song? Is it going to go for a song that's the most poignant? It's so difficult to pick. I went with stand up for something from Marshall. It is, is a message song. Um, I could see that winning much in the same way glory won for selma i think they're they're very much in the same vein you also have mighty river from mudbound Mm -hmm. which also sort of tackles very similar subject matter uh, about racism where you know that might be this sort of similar thing but i think stand up for something is a bit catchier than mighty river is so that might lead it a little bit further uh as far as snubs uh, I think all these songs are fine enough, uh, but I would probably add in a second Call Me By Your Name song of Visions of Gideon, also by Suvian Stevens. I don't really have a, a, mm-hmm. a big reason behind it. I just really liked it as well. Obviously, I think The Mystery of Love is the the superior song of the two, but I, I also like Visions of Gideon.
1: Mm-hmm. No, for sure. It was a great song. Um, yeah, I agree. This This category is very hard to predict because you don't know what song what sound is going to resonate with oscar voters the most um i picked mystery of love as well for who should win i think like it just it's just it it just captures the emotion so well um in that end scene and it's like you know you're you're watching timothy chalamet and like the performance paired with the song it just it just equals tears you know it equals that that feeling of love lost and kind of of disappointment but also of the beauty of love and it's like it's it's very it's it's hard and it's very aptly titled mystery of love because it just it just kind of it fits it fits really well for the for the note that the movie ends on um hopefully that wasn't too big of a spoiler for people um <laughs> i picked uh <laughs> i realized as i was saying that um i picked this is me from the greatest showman for who will win I uh, I really don't know who will take this prize uh, at the end of it all. But I just, I feel like, you know, the Academy tends to like these big show numbers and Mm -hmm. like it it did really well. Like it's been, you know, the music has been really celebrated and even if the movie hasn't been as much. And I think that was the song that got the Golden Globe and, you know, the Academy kind of like, they tend to go towards these kind of numbers. So I wouldn't be surprised if it won. Um, For who was snubbed, I really didn't know who to put in here so the pick that i kind of you know what that i submitted is kind of a joke but kind of not um and i picked i don't i don't want to live forever by zayn malik and taylor swift from the last 50 shades movie (laughs) and i know it's like it's a weird pick but at the end of the day earned it by the weekend was nominated that did make it to the oscars he performed it like it was a whole thing um and i do i do genuinely like the song outside of you know like i don't watch the 50 Shades movies, but I, I like the song itself. I think it is a pretty good collaboration and it doesn't make me cringe. So, you know, why not? Why not put that in there? <laughs>
0: well there you go uh yeah that's i i don't i haven't heard of the song so i can't i can't comment on it but yeah 50 shades does have a history and like you were saying about greatest showman Mm -hmm. it could very easily go there i think that's probably the the front runner as well along with maybe stand up for something um but Mm -hmm. this category is impossible to pick uh like to to judge yeah predict it uh what do you have for for best original score
1: Um, so I haven't seen Phantom Thread. (laughs) I haven't really listened to the music. It's very, you know, I, I, I like, I like picking movies this way. I don't know why, but I haven't seen it. I haven't heard much of the music, but the fact that it's scored by Johnny Greenwood from Radiohead, so, you know, that's enough. That's enough for me. It it has sold me that. And the fact that I've heard many people uh, comment on how beautiful the score, um, the score has been executed. Um, so I, I do think um, that might be the one that should win. Uh, in terms of who will win, I wouldn't be surprised if The Shape of Water took it. I mean, that score was done very, very well. Um, and I think, you know, it kind of, similar to the, the feelings that Mystery of Love gave me and Call Me By Your Name, um, the score for Shape of Water definitely added to this experience of, Love, Um, and I, and you know, not having to saying or you know, creating a definition of what love has to look like. It just is, and that's kind of what the music of The Shape of Water communicated to me while I was watching the film. So, I I think a lot of people enjoyed the music of of the film. If I'm not if I'm not mistaken, I think it won the Golden Globe as well. Um, So I wouldn't be surprised if it if it took a Best Original Score. I didn't have any picks for who was snubbed. Um, there was nothing that really came to my mind when I was, uh, you know, when I was going through some of the movies that came out this last year and some of the scores. Um, and like I said, right now, or at least I said in the last episode, I'm very much um, Black Panther everything. So we can talk about next year's when next year comes around, and I will definitely have something for then. But
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right, um, I, I agree with what you said about Phantom Thread. Uh, I love Johnny Greenwood. Uh, he was definitely snubbed for his score for There Will Be Blood, and I'm glad they didn't snub him this time. It has this really nice jazzy feel to it, but then like as tensions ramp up, it gets really intense and kind of weird at the same time, so I, I definitely like what it was going for. Uh, I also agree that The Shape of Water will win. You know, I was re-listening to it. Uh, I was writing about Shape of Water this weekend, and I was re-listening to the score. And I'm like, wow, yeah, this score is really good. I forgot how good this is. It's got a nice little whimsical feel to it that Del Toro really brings. But then, you know, for, for the more intense moments, it's also very intense, too, while also not leading you on too much. So I, I like that uh this was also a hard one to find out who was snubbed i tried to keep almost all my picks in the realm of a possibility uh in this one i went with a ghost story i don't think this movie ever really had a chance to get nominated for anything because it didn't but uh, i love this movie you'll hear me talk about this when i eventually do a an episode about my favorite movies of last year it's up there Mm. um And this movie doesn't have a ton of dialogue, so it's really music-reliant, and I think it does a really good job with balancing being a sort of a minimalist score while also kind of doing the emotional, heavy work that needs to be done in place of dialogue. So uh, this would have been, if, if it got a nomination, I could see this being the single one that it got uh let's move on to costume design you know this is also kind of another hard one to predict what's going on because uh you never really know what the academy is sort of going to value it has a long history of giving uh period pieces the win so you rarely see non-period pieces nominated um things like fantasy epic stuff like that usually has a good chance of doing well um so you have that this year again. My my pick for who I think should win and will win is Phantom Thread. Uh, this is a movie about beautiful dresses and beautiful dresses were made a plenty. Uh, so I really I really like that. Um, as far as uh, who was snubbed, you know, I I, I probably should have done a, a bit more homework in this, uh, but I, I didn't. So I don't really have a snub for this.
1: Okay. Well. Once again, I said, who should win? A film that I haven't seen, and that's Phantom Thread. Um, but I have, you know, I have seen a few photos from the film, and I've kind of read into a little bit of the the costume design work that has, had uh, gone into it, um, which is why I, I picked it. You know, I, I I do think some of the work that I have seen so far is really beautiful. And from what I've heard, it just con- continues to play out in, in the story itself. Um, As to who I think will win, I'm going to go with Beauty and the Beast. I I do think that the Academy can be a sucker for um, period pieces uh, that are done in a kind of whimsical way. And uh, I think some of the work that went into uh, the Beauty and the Beast costumes um, definitely had that. And there's actually a lot that went into the actual production, the creation of Belle's yellow dress that um, Emily Watson wears, or Emma Watson in the film. Um, And there's a lot of technique from what I I, I remember reading about this. Uh, So I I don't think you know, like if it's if Beauty and the Beast has made it this far uh, in the year, I wouldn't be surprised if it ultimately took the prize at the end of the day. And um, for who was snubbed, I went with Thor Ragnarok. Again, I think there's just so much fun about that movie. Like there's just there's 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 a lot of fun elements to it. And uh, you know, part of it's like kind of the, the colorful creations and you know the, the worlds and you know the outfittings of the of the people that we encounter. Um I love Tessa Thompson's armor in that movie. Like yes I'm here for the Valkyrie. I want to see a spin-off. I want to see these badass women in these like full armor suits like go out and like defend the world and I thought it was super cool. So uh, that's why I picked it as a snub.
0: I think that's a great snub, and I probably should have thought of that while I was reading your pics. So what do you have for for makeup?
1: Um, So for makeup, I... I went with the darkest hour for who I think should win and who I think will win. Um, Just the amount of work that went into Gary Oldman, you know, to, you know, to really make him the Winston Churchill that he was meant to be uh, was, it seems to be, it seems to have been a very like tedious and sort of complex process to do so. Um, And then, you know, it is a period piece. So to create the sort of fashions and the the looks of that era from someone like Churchill, who is, you know, he's kind of this staunchy old man, at least that's kind of, you know, what we've seen him as in film. And then, you know, you have uh, some of the supporting cast, which are like, um, I forget the name of... uh, of the of the actress who plays his assistant but you know she's got this like beautiful bright red lip in the film and like you know the sort of the curled hair and it's 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 very well done um so i i wouldn't be surprised uh if it ultimately took the prize that being said i i do know that a lot of people love the work in wonder so i could i could see that winning in this category as well um for best makeup again, I went with uh, Marvel films. So I, I like the work that uh, was done in Thor: Ragnarok and what was done in Guardians of the Galaxy Two. And I, I think there is something to be said about uh, you know creating creatures uh, or you know beings uh, from different planets and um it was it, it was just done really really well in both of those films and plus i think in uh ragnarok like jeff goldblum had this like beautiful turquoise eyeliner at one point and i just i can't forget that so <laughs> i wish i i kind of wish that that was recognized and um i did pick the shape of water as well because the work that goes into producing the creature again that's like 90 percent real visual effects and that's a lot of makeup work involved in there and uh, prosthetics um so it would have been cool to have seen that recognized. Uh,
0: yeah, I I'm all my picks are the same other than the Marvel stuff. Um, but yeah, I said who should win will win Darkest Hour. You, you know it's hard not to appreciate what they did with Gary Oldman in this. Uh, and I I said snub was The Shape of Water. I wondered why this wasn't nominated. And I and I wonder if as a technicality that Doug Jones's creature was is considered a costume and not a prosthetic makeup job like i don't i don't Mm. understand what is the the distinction but that in my mind that has to be the only reason how how is the movie that has the most nominations that has a character very clearly in a latex suit not nominated for makeup so there has to be some sort of reason why it wasn't there so that that is the only reason that i think but like we're not the academy. I, I don't give a shit. I think they should have been nominated. Yeah. I'm <laughs> over. Exactly. I haven't seen Wonder. I've seen the pictures and I get why it's nominated. I watch Victoria and Abdul and yeah, they made Judy Dench look like Queen Victoria, but like it also just kind of looks like Judy Dench. So. Like, I'm not like, mm-hmm. ooh, best makeup ever. No, they added a yeah. little bit of prosthetic work to make her face look a little bit more like Queen Victoria, while still very clearly Judy Dench.
1: Mm-hmm. Exactly.
0: Um, all right, foreign film. Uh, I have not seen any yet as of this taping. I am going to be cramming in at least three, hopefully four Uh, within this last week. uh, On Body and Soul is actually on Netflix, so anyone wants uh, an easy one to watch, that's there. The one I think will win is The Square, just because it got a lot of buzz early on in the year, Uh, and it's the only really name-recognition foreign film from this year. So that's (laughs) my pick.
1: (laughs) That is a great pick. Uh, Do you have any snubs?
0: uh no i am a bad film lover i have not seen any other foreign films from this year this year Mm -hmm. so okay fair enough if if i need to turn in my my film buff card i understand
1: (laughs) i mean given that there's many categories that i predicted based on Photos that I've seen, I really can't uh, tell you to do that or ask you to do that. I think we're in the same boat here. We might have to do it together, if anything. So we will. We'll see about that. But fair picks. Um, I also haven't seen any of the foreign films that are nominated this year. Um, so I'm going purely on what I've heard and um, you know, kind of the kind of the buzz going around. Uh, so I picked a fantastic woman for who should win and who will win again, just based on, you know, what people have told me. Um, I didn't realize that Pablo Lorraine was, uh, actually producing this film, but that's very cool. And, uh, I think I, from my understanding, there's, you know, there's, the plot is really interesting in this film. It deals with a lot of feminist themes. Um, and I believe that Janelle Monet actually, like, in her new music video, uh, has like a moment where she plays, like she does, she creates an ode to the film. So if Janelle Monet endorses it, I'm going to go with it, uh, on some level. Um, in terms of who was snubbed, I saw a couple of foreign films at TIFF this year, which is, um, I, the most that I've ever seen at the festival because I, I somehow miss out on the opportunity and I tried to not let that happen. And I saw this one movie called Shake Jackson, uh, which was Egypt's official entry uh, to uh, be considered for the Oscars. Unfortunately, they did not get a nomination for it. But it's a really beautiful story. It's uh, basically about um, the character that we meet. You know, he uh, he's like, it, it follows his story about the day where Michael Jackson dies. And it kind of goes back uh, to his childhood where he. Um, started listening to Michael Jackson and, you know, how his like experiences with Western pop culture kind of intersected with his cultural experiences and his experiences with, and how, you know, there's, there's a balance to be found between the both, you know, uh, between both kind of cultures that he really seemed to enjoy. Um, You don't really hear Michael Jackson movie because they couldn't get the rights to the film. But I think it's just a really beautiful story about, um, you know, the, the love of music and the impact that it can have on on your life and how it shapes you in ways that you don't really um, you're not really conscious of um, until, you know, maybe not until later on in your life. And uh, I think it was it was a very well done story. So I kind of wish that was nominated.
0: Wow, that sounds really interesting. Uh, I have not heard of it, but uh, I'm glad you told me that I'm going to be on the lookout for that. Uh, what do you have mm-hmm. for, uh, cinematography?
1: So I'm going to go with who should win and who will win. Uh, I'm picking the shape of water for both. Um, again, I think this has to, has to do with kind of what I talked about with production design. Um, I, I just think that, you know, Del Toro has like such a, such a fluidness to his work and it's it just like, it was to be in that theater in Elgin theater, and then to see, you know, how the theater plays a role in the movie was a very meta experience in itself and very memorable. Um, But it just, it just, it's, it's like a painting. It really is the way he created the story and the cinematography work that went into it. um, It just, it it kind of, it swallowed me whole. I'm not going to lie. I don't care how many weird puns I'm making about water here. Um, (laughs) But I, I, I just, I just feel like it was very. Um, it really just kind of brought you in the way the film was shot, and you know, there's also the kind of the kind of comparison of like the stale, kind of cool tones of like the apartment, or sorry, not the apartment, the uh, the lab, and then you know, late at night when you know, towards the third act of the film, where um, you know, there's a little bit of danger for our main characters, and then the warmth of Richard Jenkins' like apartment and is there's just a lot of a lot of contrast there with the color play with the way the 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 scenes are shot that I I really appreciated and really added to the experience of the story. Um, For who was snubbed, I picked Call Me By Your Name and Get Out. Now, I know cinematography, at least I feel a lot of the time, you know, people look to it for kind of the smoothness of a cut or you know, the the, the long takes and the the, the 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 scenes that are captured and the landscapes that are captured but, but call me by your name I don't think it was necessarily done with like like this finesse that we come to expect but I do think that the way it was shot, helped to add to that atmosphere of nostalgia, of wanting to be, you know, a kid who grew up in the seventies, the eighties, the early nineties, of having these long summer days and, you know, days by the by the by the lake with your friends and reading a book and playing music and finding joy in the little moments. And I think the way the film was shot really added to that to that atmosphere. And then get out, you know, again, like I, I there's so so many meticulous things to the way this film was created from the script into the little details and the shots you know like obviously the one that will come to everyone's mind is um the scenes where Daniel Kaluuya's character is sitting there on the chair and you know the tears are starting to come before you get sent to the sunken place and uh then to the to the house help uh that scene in the kitchen I can't I can't remember the character's name, unfortunately, but you know, when she's crying and she said, she goes, no, 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 no. And it's like just these kind of like these portrait shots that are done or it just brings you in along with the character, the actor's work. So, uh, those would be, those would be my choices for the snubs.
0: I I think that's some really good stuff. Um, I, I loved Blade Runner's cinematography. Um, I am a huge Roger Deakins fan. I have talked about him mm-hmm. numerous times. This is now, I think, his 13th nomination. He's never won, despite shooting some of the, the most beautiful movies of the last 20 or so years, and, and I think this is no exception. Uh, is this his best work ever? No, but I definitely think it's very deserving, and I would love to finally see him win. Uh, who I think will win is uh, is. Dun Dunkirk, uh, Hoyt Van Hoytma is also uh, one of my favorite cinematographers. And I think he does a fantastic job with this. Uh, I believe he last did uh, The Revenant. Uh, I don't know if that was his last movie, but I'm pretty sure he, he was. He, that was the one that he did. And I think there's a real nice naturalism to this cinematography. And I think all three stories have kind of their own unique look and feel to them that he is instrumental for uh and then uh my snub would be phantom thread uh i think it's kind of very similarly shot with dunkirk where it's a lot of natural lighting going on uh and, and really using uh light to your advantage uh so that means sometimes some of the scenes are just a little bit too dark some scenes are just a little bit too bright but that sort of adds to the whole look and feel of what's going on and it really sort of encapsulates the the era Uh, that is going on during phantom thread which i believe is is the 1950s in england and i think he does a they do a really good job with that movie um there actually is no official cinematographer for phantom thread um paul thomas anderson just entrusted his uh camera operators uh, to kind of help guide him, how to guide up, sh- guide, uh, set up shots that he wanted, but it wasn't like a cinematographer was hired to help plan out all the shots in advance. So I think that's kind of interesting.
1: Cool. So all the more reason for me to see both Blade Runner and Phantom Thread. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, yes, I agree. You should definitely see those both. Um, now, for Best Actor, we're getting into like the really big last ones. Who I think should win is mm-hmm. Timothy Chalamet. Oh man, he, the, this is yes. the type of, of <laughs> performance that you you so rarely get, where just everything sort of clicks into place. An actor that is just so into this role, and I think if We didn't know any better you know it might have been oh well you know it was good casting and you know they just got a kid who who worked for that role that was very similar to it but the fact that we also see chalamet in ladybird play literally the polar opposite of this type of character shows just so just how talented he is and and i think he should win on the strength of these two performances that if he was to win it would be like you know this is not just for call me by your name it's also for what you did in ladybird that shows just what a fantastic mm-hmm. Actor he is, and I hope that we see him years, you know, going on and putting out perf- amazing performances. He just he just so totally sells this role and everything about being a confused teenager trying to grow up and also exploring his sexuality you know, and all that stuff. I think he just he just does such a great job where I I cannot praise him enough. Who I think will win is is Gary Oldman, you know. For forever, Oldman was kind of considered the greatest actor never to be nominated, and then he finally was nominated for Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy in a movie that was never going to win. And then now he finally gives a very showy performance that's also a transformation performance, and it just sort of seems like the stars are aligned where there's no one else that really stands out well enough uh, to kind of take him down. Daniel Day-Lewis has won twice before, but not really a showy enough role this time around. Daniel Kaluuya gives a great performance in a not very typical Oscar movie but also was very young and could come back later. And while I like Denzel's performance in Roman J. Israel Esquire, that's a terrible movie overall uh, and doesn't stand a chance. <laughs> He's also a previous winner. So I think the sort of all the stars are sort of lined up for Gary Oldman to win, and it would be some sort of huge miracle uh, for him not to win it. Um, mm-hmm. I had a tough time picking a snub. I don't think... Uh, any of the the other big movies this year had a, a great lead male performance that was left out. So I'm going to kind of go off the board a little bit, much like my a ghost story pick, and go with Robert Pattinson for good time. Um, I'm not, you know, I really like this movie. I didn't love, love, love it. But I think Robert Pattinson is doing one hell of a job of distancing himself from twilight with every movie that he does and good time was a really interesting movie where he plays a really terrible human being that is basically the the epitome of toxic masculinity and i think he does a great job with it yeah
1: um I was, it was hard for me to pick like snubs for this category because I, I don't know, nothing really came to my mind when I was, uh, you know, when I was going over some of the films um, or nothing really stood out to me per se, but I I will, my picks are the exact same as yours for who should win and who will win. Uh, Timothy Chalamet is my pick for who should win for all the reasons that you've already said uh, Dakota. But I, you know, that it's just, it's such, it's such a, beautiful performance and again i I keep talking about you know the atmosphere that this movie goes on um and i think it's just so believable with timothy at the head of it all um and that that last shot of him you know by the fire with these tears it's just you're there with him and he's so present in it and i've listened to a few podcasts of him giving interviews and he just seems like such a bright kid and he's just really genuinely excited to be where he is and to, to work with people. And like, he's talked about how much he loves Christopher Nolan films and the dark Knight is one of his biggest inspirations. And so it, it must be super cool to be Timothy these days because he's, uh, you know, he's getting a lot of, a lot of attention and I don't think this is the end for him. I think this is the very start and I can't wait to see uh, what he's going to get nominated for next because I truly believe he will be um, which Unfortunately, it does lead to my choice for Gary Oldman. Um, while I love Timothy's performance, and I think that's, uh, you know, what should be winning, Gary Oldman is just set up for success this year. Um, and I, I wouldn't be surprised, or would be surprised, rather, if anybody else uh, took the took best actor over him. It just seems like this is the time. And it was a great performance. And oddly humorous, I found, when I was watching The Darkest Hour, which I did not expect whatsoever. But... Um, those are my picks as well. As for who was snubbed, I just went with Tom Hanks from The Post because that's what a lot of people are saying. And, um, yeah, he hasn't been nominated since Captain Phillips, so it's been a while for Tom Hanks. <laughs> and he's <laughs> never I, – I don't think he's won. I don't think he's won an Academy Award, actually.
0: No, he's won two. He, he won back-to-back Wait, years.
1: Wait, he won for Castaway? No,
0: he won for, for Philadelphia and uh, uh, what was the one? The, the, the year after Philadelphia. He won in back-to-back years. Oh. I just can't okay. remember what the other one is. Uh, I'm going to look that up while you are talking about uh, Best Actress then.
1: Um, yeah, so this this category, you know, there's a lot of strong contenders here for sure um, who I think should win. I've been kind of been a big cheerleader of I, Tonya since I saw it back in September at TIFF. I've loved it from the get-go, and I loved absolutely love margot robbie's performance in this movie i just think it's her you know i think margot robbie's been pretty strong from the outset you know and she she had her huge debut um in wolf of wall street with leonardo dicaprio but i i think she's she's really proven um her kind of her ability to really adapt different characters and i loved her as harley quinn and then i just thought you know she was, she was great in I, and to handle the different beats that this film kind of puts out in terms of the, um, the drama, the, the, the comedy to, to touch upon or to, to be in, to be playing someone who went through so many abusive situations and, you know, who's kind of had to navigate that as a part of her life and, uh, to have, to portray someone who feels like that's a normalized part of their life. Um, I, I thought she did a really, really excellent job at that, and um, there was just so much that that film demanded from her as an actress and as a, as a character, and I, I loved uh, how she kind of showed up for it. Um, ultimately, I do think that um, Frances McDormand will take Best Actress this year. it just it seems, and it's very it's. Uh, it's odd, right? Because when three billboards won um, won the uh, People's Choice Award at TIFF, like uh, uh, people felt like it was out of nowhere. They just didn't expect it. And then it kind of like it quieted for a while. And then all of a sudden, it's like all these accolades started, you know, adding up for uh, for the film. And she had that great speech at the Golden Globes. And so she's definitely on people people's radar as a performance. You know, the dialogue is snappy. Frances McDormand delivers it incredibly well. You you feel. You know, the challenges that she's gone through as a mother Um, and, you know, to come out on top of that, to be angry, to be to be angry and to be to be fighting when, you know, you've lost a loved one is a very hard thing for people to do and to for her character to embody that and for her to to take that on and uh, kind of communicate it so powerfully. I I have a lot of a lot of respect for that performance and I, I do think she did a great job. Um, in terms of who was snubbed I think it's it's interesting because Battle of the Sexes is a movie that kind of it had a fair bit of kind of like fanfare around it when it first came out and I, there was some mixed reviews for the actual film but I actually liked Emma Stone's performance in Battle of the Sexes more than I liked her performance in La La Land and mm. I, I loved what she did in La La Land but I think there's a lot a lot there from Battle of the Sexes that you know I wish kind of carried her through award season but unfortunately it kind of fizzled
0: all right uh yeah i haven't seen that one so that i I, that does sound interesting uh who i think should win is uh sir sharon oh actually you know i'll go back tom hanks uh won back-to-back years 93 94 for philadelphia and forrest gump gotcha Mm -hmm. okay um (laughs) yes he's one of i think only two or three three people i think that have ever won in back-to-back years uh which is a, a pretty fascinating feat to do Um, who I think should win for Best Actress should be Saoirse Ronan for Lady Bird. I loved what she did in this movie. Um, I'm a huge Saoirse fan. I think she actually should have won for Brooklyn last year or the year before, whenever that was. And I thought uh, when the race kind of started that this would have maybe been her redemption to get it, but it doesn't look like it is. But I would definitely love to see her win. Uh, I agree with your pick for Margot Robbie. I think she's really good. But... It doesn't look like anyone is going to be beating Francis McDermott. I love Francis McDermott, but as I've said several times now, didn't care for the movie. Uh, (laughs) But it really looks like it's hers to lose. If by some miracle, you know, Three Billboards ends up losing everything, I think Margot Robbie will be the one that takes it home, um, who also I think gives a fantastic performance, who I would rank above McDermott to. It would be Saoirse, then, then Margot uh, who I think was snubbed mm-hmm. was uh, was Vicky Creeps from Phantom Thread. She goes toe-to-toe with Daniel Day-Lewis and definitely holds her own. Uh, on, on the surface, it would sort of seem like it's a supporting performance, but she has almost as much screen time as Daniel Day-Lewis does. So I would, I would put her in the lead category, especially with Leslie Manville, who was nominated for Supporting Actress, did such a phenomenal job as a well, I would not want to take her away from the supporting race. So I would put Vicky creeps in for, for lead actress. Mm -hmm. So now we're moving on to our last two, the big ones. We've got best director, (laughs) um, uh i i'm a huge del toro fan i love the way he he thinks about movies and makes them and the passion that he brings and i definitely think he should win it's actually kind of shocking that he's never been nominated for best director before given what he does with his craft uh i would i would love to see him to win this uh i've seen him talk at tiff before his Passion is just completely undeniable. I know you've seen him talk too. you mentioned that you, you just cannot like he, he's so magnetic with his passion. Um, and he creates such a great and interesting world uh, in, in the shape of water. I also think he will win. Uh, Del Toro did, did such a great job building this world that it, it just absolutely, I think, will end up going his way. I, I think his own... You know, it's tough to see what his competition is. I think Christopher Nolan is probably his biggest competition, um, who also has never been nominated for Best Director, which is shocking. Um uh, and I, I think uh, I think those two would be the only real options for who will end up winning. But I think at this point, it might go slightly till Del Toro. Uh, who I think was snubbed was Denis Villeneuve for Blade Runner. I think he did such a great job mm. creating that world while well, I think the movie has its flaws and maybe is not a best picture contender. I, You know, if there was number 10, I think it would be number 10. Um, but I, I definitely think what Villeneuve does... Uh, for that movie is undeniable so that would be my pick for the snub
1: mm-hmm. I think overall this category is just it's packed like there's like I would be happy honestly to see pretty much any of these directors win um but I I really who I would like to win more than anyone is Jordan Peele I just I think, you know, like, I mean, again, there's so many, the, the directors, the talent in here and the work that they produced is incredible across the board. But for Jordan Peele, you know, who is a writer, he's comes from a comedy background, but he, he's he been working on Get Out, I think, for like, I think he worked on it for like four years before it actually went into production. And the the level of thinking that went into not only the script, the story, the commentary, uh, but also how it translated into his directing style it it's what made it's it's what made the movie as good as it is um he just he had this this vision um and it, he brought it to life so incredibly well and i think you know for a story as poignant as it is um, it's, it's it's i don't know i don't know how to express how much i how much i really appreciated the work that went into um the story that he told and kind of you know the craftsmanship for a first time director it's incredible you know the the uh, the vision that he had and what he was able to execute with it and the fact that you know it was done in such a way that made people think and continued to make them think throughout the year uh, especially for a, a, what is you know for a horror film which is a genre that's not really celebrated at the academy awards or in award season generally speaking we don't really see uh that genre being celebrated in the way that he kind of took it and made it his own and brought something to the table that we have been missing as we've been missing for forever it feels like um is something really special and i, w- I would love to see him win um again, I don't know how this Academy works now, right? Because the makeup is a lot different than what it was maybe three years ago. Um, you know, we've seen, especially last year, the way the Academy voted and, you know, seeing Moonlight win, which was so beautiful. Um, we'll see, we'll see what they, what they ultimately decide. But at this point, I do think Del Toro is the pick, uh, who will win for all the reasons that you've already mentioned, Dakota. I think, um, You know, he's, he's probably, it's probably just his time at this point. And it's kind of surprising that, you know, he hasn't been nominated before. Um, But I, I think, you know, we've seen him, he won the, he won at the DGAs. And, you know, it's just, he has so much passion and love for this movie. And it really translates into the end product. Um, when it comes to snubs, I actually, so I I initially said Patty Jenkins and I I do still stand by that, uh, to a, to a degree, but through our conversations about Mudbound, I actually would have loved to have seen Dee Rees in this category. Um, I think both, uh, both directors, both of them, they, you know, they told with Patty Jenkins, firstly, for being the first female to direct a superhero movie, um, is it's a great triumph in itself, but the the bigger triumph is how great Wonder Woman was. Um, it was well paced, you know the 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 environment of being in the I think it was was it World War One or World War Two? Uh,
0: it's World War One.
1: World War One. So you know the, the kind of vision that she had for that, and to be able to capture that atmosphere the way she did, and tell a story. Um, that was you know there's a lot about identity in there there's a lot about um you know the female spirit in there and like it was just a very empowering film and one of the standouts in that genre as well so it would have been it would have been really interesting to have seen her get nominated but not surprised that she wasn't uh, at the same time um and uh for D. Rees I think Mudbound you know like we kind of mentioned the first like Two thirds of that film, you think it's going in one direction, and you at first it, you kind of think like it's, you know, it's the same of what we've seen before. But that last third really makes you appreciate again, like we've said, uh, what the entire story does as a whole. And I think D. along with her team, you know, just produced a story that was really engaging and um, something that to rewatch to appreciate even more. Um, so I, I wish she had gotten nominated
0: uh yeah like i like what both jenkins and reese did i think of the two reese would have probably been a more likely contender especially considering wonder woman got shut out completely which is a bit of a shame overall uh but i think i think d reese was definitely uh an excellent pick to make
1: Mm -hmm.
0: all right now we're on the very last category what do you have for best picture
1: Gosh, this is this is a tough one because again, I don't know how things are gonna go, um, and I really do love a lot of films uh, in this in this category. Um, but I'm gonna go with who should win. I think Get Out again for all the reasons that I've, I've mentioned several times uh, throughout our two episodes here. Um, I just I think you know what what that story is, what Jordan Peele achieved with it, the mark that it's had um, in film over the last year and what I think it will continue to have, uh, going forward. Um, it, it represents so much. And I think it's, it's a really strong reflection in a very unique way of the, of our, of the history of our history of American history of the, of the sociopolitical climate. And, um, it's just a very intelligently made film and I can't wait, um, to see what else Jordan Peele does, and what else this cast does? Daniel Kaluuya does a great job. Even the supporting cast, like Allison Williams, her character is hella twisted, <laughs> and she brought a great performance to it. And there's just there's so many um, little details in that movie that you know you come to appreciate upon multiple viewings. And um, that meticulousness really made it as strong as it is. Um, as to who will win, because I don't know what this Academy is going to vote for. And I've actually, I've heard a couple podcasts where uh, most people are predicting a, a kind of showdown between Dunkirk and Shape of Water. I'm going to go with a showdown between Shape of Water and Get Out. I think Get Out is a film that resonates with a lot of people. I think a lot of people recognize uh, the, uh, the craft that went into that film and appreciate the, the commentary that it makes. Um, with Shape of Water, there is, you know, it's Del Toro. It's a beautiful love story. The thing is, is that not everyone can get into it. And I I kind of recognize that when I saw it uh, at TIFF. And I've heard that review from a lot of regular film goers. But, you know, there are the Academy voters are a whole different game. And it's made up of not just actors, but like designers and, you know, uh, people who specialize in costume and makeup and hair. And they're going to appreciate different elements of all of the films. um, And I think there's a lot to appreciate with Shape of Water um, that would ultimately push it towards the winner for best picture. Um, as for who was snubbed, The Florida Project is probably my top pick uh, because it's just such a beautiful story. Um, and there's so much emotion tied into it from you know the story itself. Sean Baker has like a, a really, he's really handled these characters and uh, the pacing of the film really well. And I just, I wish that it got more love i tanya i love so much and i actually this was a huge snub in my books um for several reasons but like i mentioned the pacing the the editing the stars the acting it's there's just so many so many elements that tied together really well in this story and mudbound would have been a very interesting pick as well and it's it's kind of a shame that it didn't get nominated more um than it did
0: yeah, I, I yeah I think all that is, is very true. Uh, I think for who should win in my books is, is Call Me By Your Name. That was the movie that, if I had a vote of the nine, was, was my favorite of them. I think it does some really interesting things. I think, unfortunately, because it is just uh, a very intimate drama, it doesn't really stand a chance, I, you know... There isn't as much of a, a hook, unlike you know last year's winner, uh, Moonlight, where the hook was that it was three different stories happening, three different timelines. I mean, uh, there isn't much of a hook. It's just a, a coming-of-age story, which in the '70s and '80s. Uh, that was that would have been probably the presumptuous winner of the Oscars because they, they, they tended to like more movies like that, but it doesn't seem to be the case anymore, which is a bit of a shame because I think this is a really beautiful, delicate film that I don't think enough people are seeing and would love to see it get the recognition it deserved. Mm-hmm. Um, who I think will win is... I. It's so tough to say because two movies are kind of winning all the awards. It's either Three Billboards or The Shape of Water. Uh, I am leaning towards The Shape of Water because in recent years, director and picture have been splitting. I think this might be a bit of a return to form. Martin McDonough was not nominated for Best Director, so I think it's going to be a... That sort of tells you a bit of what the Academy members themselves think of the movies, where I think The Shape of Water and Guillermo del Toro are both going to be the winners this year. And then who I think was snubbed? uh, I, Tanya, which you have very eloquently uh praised and and advocated for this entire run uh these two podcasts i think definitely would be up there and the florida project i was very shocked it did not get nominated Um, Mm -hmm. i would take out the post and put those two in uh i am absolutely shocked the florida project was not nominated for best picture definitely seemed to be in that wheelhouse i Mm -hmm. agree with you for mudbound too um I think if I had one more vote, it would go to that. But if I was to make it an even 10 and take out one movie, it would be I, Tanya* and The Florida Project.
1: Yeah, they're just both, they're both such great movies. And, um, you know, I, Tonya, at least we're seeing a lot more nominations. The Florida Project, I just, I wish, you know, I really wish people could get out to a theater and see that and, and appreciate how much went into that film and like it, again, it's like it's like one of these like low budget films. It was shot in thirty days, like at a motel, where it takes place. And there's just so much about that atmosphere um, that is captured so beautifully by Sean Baker and Willem Dafoe is, you know, this like nurturing character. And I, I've already talked about Brooklyn Prince, but I loved her. I just I think she she presented this beautiful innocence um, in the story that you know, I, I wish had more eyes on it. Like that would have brought more eyes to it because it, it just, it, it creates this feeling um, and this appreciation and this nostalgia and also this heartache for what a lot of kids miss out on um, is, you know, and what they have missed out on in the past, but you know, in this day and age for sure, there are disparities in our society. And I, I really, I really felt that when I watched her on screen. So I hope it, I hope it continues to find love um, elsewhere and quietly and um, that Sean Baker continues to grow as well.
0: I, I agree. I think after Tangerine, his last movie, that was kind of like the buzziest indie film that didn't get a bigger audience. When When the Florida Project came about, it seemed like, oh, this is now his big... Breakthrough, And it wasn't really, I think we're now seeing like climbing up a ladder. We know what his next feature, if it's a good movie, how it's going to be received based on the incremental growth, uh, of, of audience, uh, people seeing the movie. So I, I, I definitely think the next one will be his real big breakthrough now.
1: Mm-hmm, definitely.
0: So that's our picks. Uh, You can find uh, all of our picks on liveinlimbo.com where the show notes are going to be. There'll also be a link for the first part in case you missed it. Uh, We're probably going to be proven completely wrong for almost all of these, (laughs) but you know, that's half the fun, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Uh, Thank you so much for joining me, Mahek. I really appreciate it. Uh, Where can everyone find you?
1: You can find me on Twitter at what the WhatTheMeheck. If it seems like I'm a Black Panther fangirl bot, I'm not. I just really love that movie, and that's all I'm talking about these days. But I promise, follow me. We will talk about many other things.
0: <laughs> Good to hear. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at DGAPA. You can also follow me on, on the, the podcast at at ContraZoomPod during the night of the Oscars I'll probably be sending out tweets from that account so so make sure you follow that um, go to liveandlimbo.com where the show notes are going to be and, uh, and thank you very much I hope this helps with your, your office pools everyone